This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 282, Nearly All the Places Money Can Live, with Mark and Katrina Willis. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Do you ever get that feeling that you're just missing out? Well, here's your chance to stop that feeling forever. By joining our mailing list, you'll get episodes delivered right to your inbox, so you'll never miss another Not Your Average Financial Podcast episode ever again. The amazing free content we're giving out each week is priceless. You'll also get exclusive access to our live calls, our office hours, our Q&A with me and many of our esteemed guests that we have on this show. Go to nyafinancialpodcast.com slash subscribe to make sure you never miss out again. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode. Got a question for you. Where does your money live? Where does it live? That's right. Your money has to live somewhere. But where do you keep your money? Wherever you put your money, it'll have different benefits. It'll have different drawbacks. A 401k is going to make your money feel and act differently than if it's in, say, a checking account or if it's just cash in your wallet. Annuities are different from real estate, which is different than a brokerage account. See what I mean? Get it? Your money has to live somewhere. Now, if you were ever needing a high-level overview of all the places you could put your money, you have found the right episode. You know, sometimes you just need a high-level overview of the entire food buffet before you start going for that salad bar, or in my case, the soft serve ice cream. That's right, this episode will provide a 30,000 foot flyover, a framework or a matrix of pros and cons for all the major places you can put your money in this day and age. We go at a breakneck speed to give you the highest and best review of your financial options so you can understand how your money acts, whether it's in a real estate deal or a dynastic trust or term insurance or gold. And yes, there are an infinite supply, an infinite number of combinations of places you could put your cash. So with all that in mind, we're going to be covering a lot of ground in this one episode, but I have faith we can do it because of my esteemed co-host for this episode, Katrina Willis. Now, that's right. Many of you will recognize Katrina as one of the original co-hosts of our show, Not Your Average Financial Podcast. And Katrina is the one who does a lot of the background work for every episode to make sure this show airs every single week. She is also the founding COO of Lake Growth Financial Services. And of course, she is my beloved bride. She and I are partners in life of over 18 years as of this recording, and I couldn't be more thankful for the journey we've been able to go on together. Katrina will be sharing with me some of the surprising insights that she discovered and we discovered together as we reviewed many of the different places you can put your money. There are going to be unexpected tax breaks you'll learn about brokerage accounts. There's hidden tax pitfalls for real estate investing. And even what are the limits of life insurance policies? That and so much more in today's episode. Now, if you weren't able to join us for our Not Your Average Financial Summit last October, first of all, why? What were you up to? Seriously. But no matter, 
Regardless of your attendance, I'm here today to let you peek into the box, just a sneak peek of what we were able to discuss and review at the 2022 Not Your Average Financial Summit, if only to whet your appetite and get you ready for Summit 2023, which has not yet been announced, but it could be coming. You never know. So with all that out of the way, let's get right into this week's episode with the lovely Katrina Willis. All right. So what we're looking at here, and I'm, I'm going to hush and give it over to Katrina first, but what we're looking at is sort of a table of one of the big parking spaces for money. And we're going to go through about 15 different places money can live. Katrina, take it away with this first one. What are the benefits and advantages of cash, checking, and savings? My pleasure, Mark. At a high level, earlier this year in May, you may remember a news cycle or five where everyone was saying, the sky is falling. There's nowhere to hide. Can't put your money here. Can't put your money there. There's just nowhere to put your money now. What are we going to do? And it was this existential crisis that everyone was going through. And Mark and I are sitting here going, you must be joking. Like, <laughs> are you guys serious? So the first place we look at that people put their money is in cash. And we're talking about physical dollar bills, checking, which is your checking account, at the bank and your savings account. And so we've lumped that into this slide and we're showing you the pros like what are, what's good about that, the cons, what are the problems with that, and then the current events, what's happening today. The great thing about cash, I think, is that it's portable. I put it in my pocket. I can take it with me. There's no heavy regulations. It's generally private. Mark, what are some of the cons besides yeah, the squirrels? The downside, yeah, is that, uh, that rodents can nibble away at the edges of your dollar bills, and there's really zero return, which is going to just get decimated if we continue to have inflation. And even when you do have cash saved, you can't really borrow against it without a big bank's approval. What about what's happening in our world today with uh, cash, checking, and, and savings accounts and so forth, Katrina? Yeah, we're, we're experiencing major inflation. The last number I saw was 8.3 for the last month percent which is massive. And so what does that do to the dollar? In addition, we've had um, our money supply printed into nearly, what is it, double now? Like we've just got more money in circulation, um, which all of this has led to a really strong dollar in the global market for the moment. But that, so the question is, what do we do with that inflation? How do we, is cash a good place to keep your money? And um, it's, it's moving quickly right now. We're just seeing a lot of change. So let's move on to the next awesome. slide. Cool. Next up, CDs, certificates of deposit. What are the benefits of CDs and certificates of deposit? Yeah, you've typically got predictable financial results. Again, not a lot of heavy regulations, flexible contributions. What about the cons? You know, one of the big gotchas on CDs is that they tax you every single year. So you're only making one or 2% possibly on a CD these days, maybe up to three if you really stretch it to a five-year CD, but they'll tax you on that interest rate every single year for not even touching your money, which doesn't even seem fair to me that they would tax you just to leave the money in sitting in the CD. So, you know, beyond that, uh, it doesn't keep up with inflation and it's not private. It'll show up on your probate and on your, your final wishes, right? Uh, as far as what's happening today, Katrina, there's some uh, obviously some some big, there's not a lot changing in the CD world, except there is. What is happening today in the CD world? Inflation. If you put your money in a CD and it's making 1.75 to 3 some odd percent, but inflation's at 8.3, how's that working out? It's just a big deal right now. So I don't know. And your money's in jail. It's not liquid. That's that's the current state of CDs. Awesome. Moving on. Guys, the next one here is bonds. Bonds and bond funds. Now, what's nice about bonds on the pro side is you get predictable financial results. You can borrow against it, although you still need a bank to 
to give you that smile, that seal of approval. You got to kiss the ring of the banker. You can put whatever you want into a bond. It doesn't have to be, a, there's not like a forced savings contribution to a bond. Uh, and you can get some small passive income off of your bonds. If you love coupon payments of, you know, 25 bucks every six months, maybe, but but it's not a lot of income, but some people can live off those bond coupon payments. Katrina, there's some downsides and risks and considerations. What are those with regard to bonds? Yeah, you're taxed every year on bonds. It's taxable upon death and it's not private and it's not really clear whether it's liquid or not. It really depends on the bond that you're working with. Um, and this year has been particularly devastating in the bond market. And Mark has put in the, the Dalbar results here. So, but over 30 years, there's a pretty decent return here. I mean, you got 5.81. That's that's not terrible. I've seen worse on some future slides. <laughs> but I, I would be cautious with these bonds this year. Just 2022, yeah. yeah. Yeah, actually, it's the worst year in recorded history for bonds, which is saying a lot. It's also the first year in a... The first down year of the stock market has also corresponded with the worst down year in bonds. So it's neither safe in bonds or stocks, which is partly why we're saying there's nowhere to hide. All right. So we're going to keep moving here. Precious metals. Katrina, what are some of the benefits of, you know, the Scrooge McDuck dollar or the uh, Scrooge McDuck gold coins? The gold necklace that you can wear? No. The, the pros, international market. You know, you can take those gold coins and anywhere around the world, you're going to have a buyer, most likely. It's portable if you're using coins, not the bars. You know, I, I, I don't want to see a backpack full of bars. You've got flexible contributions. It can be private depending on how much you're purchasing at once. And Mark, what about the cons? Well, obviously, you know, if someone can store it in one's house, then someone else can break in and steal it. So that's a big deal. You only have liquidity after you sell the bar of gold or the coin or silver or whatever. There's a lot of manipulated markets. A lot of people think that gold and silver are both being heavily manipulated right now in their price. And that's a big deal. And if you buy more than $10,000 of precious metals, you have to report that to the federal government. Now, there's some other things happening in the world right now today with regard to precious metals. Katrina, why don't you jump on that one? Seeing a big boom that happened around the pandemic where everybody panicked and bought gold. But currently in 2022, gold is down and we're seeing metals remain pretty flat. Another thing people are saying is back when FDR was president, essentially there was some issues regarding confiscation of gold. And we don't see those today, but those are concerns that people are, they're worried about the government coming in and saying, give me your gold. Just, I don't know if that's going to happen, but that's in the conversation. It, it, you're right. And it's happened before. So I guess it could happen again, right? So next up, we'll move from God's money to the people's money, cryptocurrency. So the cryptocurrency world has exploded over the last 10 years. And it's, you know, obviously it's been generated uh, a lot, generating a lot of buzz and even renaming sports stadiums, which uh, maybe is a positive or a risk, depending on your view of things. There's a possibility of super high rates of return. I think it's been like 177,000% since it started. But you have to remember, it also started at zero 10 years ago. So anything above zero is going to show giant returns. You can put whatever you want into a crypto. You don't have to have a fixed payment. There's no heavy regulations yet. It's kind of the wild, wild west. But but there are that keyword yet is important to consider when it comes to cryptocurrency. Katrina, what about some of the gotchas on cryptocurrency? Well, for any of you that have signed up and seen what happens when you start a crypto account, essentially you are losing a lot of money in fees right out of the gate. In addition, a lot of people are being scammed out of money. We're seeing on the daily news articles coming out about mega losses in the crypto space. There's a website that we found called Web3 is going just great. And literally they post daily where people have lost massive amounts of money 
by engaging crypto. Also, the con, the, the storyline for crypto has been changing. Uh, if you look back at what they were saying early on, it was to create a new monetary system to get off fiat currency. And now they have a whole nother storyline. It just keeps changing. It's a little slippery. So that's, that's a big con. Also, you must be able to navigate the sophistication and complexity of crypto. You have to remember that long password and not lose it. People have lost a lot of money from losing their password. And the liquidity varies. It's absolutely not private. Contrary to some of the marketing, the blockchain is traceable. So that's, that's a real concern. In addition, on the cons, and I'll pass it back to you, Mark, it's dropped 65% since May of 2021. And yeah, there you go, Mark. Well, it's, it's grown so much, but remember, it grew from a small number to a big number, and then it dropped from a big number back down to a much smaller number. So a negative 65 is a big, earth-shattering event, and we're not done yet. There's There continues to be correlation with the tech stocks, which are tumbling dramatically right now. So a lot of people have lost a lot of money. All right, term life insurance. Yeah, is that is that a weird place to park money? Katrina, why don't you tell us why it's a good idea to get term life insurance, the pros? Well, technically, you're not creating a bucket of money with term. You're paying some, you're paying the insurance company a premium. Now, that being said, it's predictably financial, or you get predictable financial results. So, you know, I pay this much term. I'm going to get this much death benefit, death benefit upon death. The term is going to expire at this number of years. You have a lot of predictability. Sometimes you can get tax deduction on the contributions. It's private. It bypasses probate. And you have little to no medical underwriting, which is really great. Well, as you know, uh, like when you borrow or when you rent an apartment, the cost goes up, the landlord raises the rent on you. And that's what happens with term insurance as well. You're going to see your costs go up as you age. There's literally no rate of return unless you count the cost, which is a negative rate of return. Guys, think about it that way. You're getting a, a pure cost. Again, there's nothing wrong with term insurance, just like there's nothing wrong with any of these things we're talking about together today. It's just a matter of, is it what we expect our money, what we want our money to do for us? Now, as far as what's happening in the world today with term insurance, Katrina, do you want to jump on that one? Well, there's an exciting uh, dynamic where you can do convertible terms. So you could buy a term life insurance if you cannot afford whole life at the moment, and then you can convert that term later on by locking in the insurability. Uh, that's a little known secret that is really wonderful for people getting started. There's lots of recommendations to dump term in favor of other vehicles right now. So you talk to most people, they'll say, you don't need that term insurance. Let's move it here. And so you'll hear that. And then that that sweet phrase, just buy term and invest the rest is like 20 years old now. People aren't really, they're not holding that as tightly anymore. You'll hear it every now and then, but that conversation's shifting, which is really interesting. Again, this is not a bucket. You can't put cash in there and, and go back and find your cash again. It's a payment for all a right. different Yeah, Love it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, okay. So if all you care about your money doing for you is a stream of income, you're going to love fixed annuities. You get predictable financial results. You get monthly checks in the mail, so to speak, or direct deposits into your bank account. It's an efficient way to get a stream of income. And you got, in many ways, with fixed annuities, a guaranteed increase of your money every year, since there's no volatility, no market risk, and that sort of thing. Generally, you're not going to be taxed every year. And if it's done right, you can bypass probate, which keeps this whole thing private. Those are the benefits of fixed annuities. But Katrina, what about the drawbacks? Uh, there's not a lot of liquidity in a fixed annuity. So if you put money into an annuity, don't expect to go tap it because it's really not available. You may have to wait until a certain age to take that income or after a certain number of years. And it's sometimes taxed upon death, but the, there's more pros. I could just do another pro list because <laughs> kind of outweighs the cons. Well, but what's ha happening today is yeah. that contractual guarantee is there. Roman soldiers had annuities taken out in their lives. So there's some ancient wisdom here that's carried through to today. 
And it is super stable in the midst of pensions that are evaporating before our eyes. So that's that's in the news. Mark, what else is happening with fixed well, annuities? Yeah, you've got it there. I think with inflation, we're going to see benefits from fixed annuities going up, getting more, more and more valuable for folks, which is counterintuitive. Boring old fixed annuities doing really well in this uh, crazy world we're living in. So, all right, next up, variable annuities. The word variable, that just is a fancy word for saying volatile or up and down. Now you could get potential better growth on a variable annuity if the market performs really great. We're going to talk about the possibility of loss here too, but uh, you know, there's flexible contributions. You have the same benefits as the fixed annuities. Katrina, why don't we jump since they're so similar on the pros, except for the potential for better growth, what are the downsides of variable annuities? Tons of volatility, principles at risk, yeah, you, you must buy writer to get a floor on these policies. The fine print is gnarly. I would just be the fixed and variable annuities. They both say annuities, but they're different animals. So just be aware that that front word matters. You know, annuities are not the same across the board. So this variable annuity has a long con list. And what, Mark, what did you say here with 25% off the highs? This oh, yeah. Year? The, well, since it's tied to the stock market, uh, you know, you're going to be participating on the downside of the market with the S&P going down, the Dow Jones. S I mean, the NASDAQ is down almost 30% as we're recording this. The other piece I'll just quickly mention about variable annuities is the just egregious fees that they tack on these things. It can be as high as three or even 4% of your money every single year. Now, you still get a guaranteed income, and that's awesome, but you get that fee nibbling away at your nest egg, which is not awesome at all. Okay, so what about preferred dividend-paying stock? We, this is essentially a way to get your stock companies to pay you an income. There's a benefit to this in that you're going to have more kind of steady-as-she-goes kind of income from the dividend-paying stock. It's a way to get some income in retirement. You can borrow against dividend paying stocks, you know, there are margin calls. So beware of that. And they can be taxed annually, depending on how the, the dividend is paid to you, if it's a cash dividend or it's a stock dividend. So there's some benefits here to dividend paying stock, but there's also some considerations. And Katrina, why don't you jump on, on those? Principal is at risk and you don't have any ca guaranteed cash accumulation. It's not private. And yeah, it's, it's volatile. So you have to be aware of that. Mark, I want to do the yep. pros on the next slide. You're making me all the cons. Okay, you bet. You bet. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. I'll jump on what's happening today with dividend paying stock. Guys, one of the recent things in the uh, Inflation Reduction Act that just passed puts a tax on stock buybacks and major corporations are going to get taxed on their stock buybacks. This means that instead of doing stock buybacks to benefit their shareholders, they're going to probably maybe pay more dividends, which means that dividends on dividend paying stocks might be going up. All right. Tell us some of the benefits and all the wonderful things you love so much about common stocks, mutual funds, exchange traded funds, and target date funds. Katrina, I know you love these. So tell us all about them. <laughs> I, I love these. <laughs> so essentially, I guess the best thing about this is it's not taxed annually unless you sell it and then you get your capital gains tax on it. But again, these are linked to the market. So you're dealing with volatility. Mark, do you want to hop into some more of the cons? I mean, well, I guess it's good that it's got flexible contributions. I mean, you could have, a, if you want 30% rate of return some years, you're going to find it in in these stocks. These are your tech stocks, your your darling stocks. You know, the, the benefits there are, are true, but the unfortunate reality is you can lose 30% as much as you can gain 30%. And according to Dalbar, which is a third-party research firm, 30-year results on a blend of different index funds, which will which will blend some low risk and high risk stock is a, a whopping 2.29%. That's the 30 year results according to Dalbar. 
This is not me saying this. This is Delbar, third-party research firm out of the Northeast. So that's dramatically lower than I want it to be if I'm taking all this risk. And there's no passive income on common stock. You got to basically just have paper profits pushing your money up and down with the markets. And, and again, Mar they're... Mm -hmm, go ahead. What, is, what does ETF and TDF stand for? Uh, exchange Traded Fund and Target Date Funds. These are all the retail amateur investment products that are baked inside all of our 401ks and IRAs. All right. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the next. We're just zipping through these. Katrina, you're doing a great job. Everyone's doing a great job. Hope you're taking notes. All right, Katrina, why don't you tell me why I should get a 401k? You don't have to pay tax on that income this year, just this year, just this year. And it's a little bit of a forced savings. Those are so, and your CPA is going to be happy because you did what they said. I'm just that's, here to make my CPA happy. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> All right. Well, there are a long list of cons, considerations, costs. We've talked to plenty about volatility and principal being at risk, the low returns of the market. You can only borrow up to 50% of your value or 50 grand, whichever is less. And here's a gotcha. If you borrow from your 401k and then pay it back, you're paying back that loan with after-tax money. Think about that. So that's the first time you're taxed. And then in retirement, you take that money out again and you're taxed a second time on the same money. That's being taxed twice on the same money. I'm still calling this a scam and I haven't heard anybody push back hard on me on this one yet. Katrina, what's going on these days with 401ks, IRAs, 529 plans and the like. It's in the market. So you, you're seeing the market is down. In addition, most people don't know this, but you might have to take required minimum distributions at age 72 if you have a qualified plan, which means you're forced to take that income and you're forced to pay the taxes on that income. So that's a reality most people don't know. All right, good. All right, so I'm going to do the pros on real estate next. We've got uh, the, obviously everyone has a place to live, so we need a place to live. Might as well Pack some money into that asset. You can borrow against your real estate as long as a friendly banker will let you. Generally, there's some big tax advantages for being able to use your real estate and buying real estate and managing it. There's also tax advantages when you croak and leave it to your kids through a step up in basis. And you can turn it into income. You can either attach an ATM to your house, which is one way to do it, or just get renters, whichever is easier for you. All right, joking about the ATM. All right, Katrina, what about the the gotchas, the unforeseens on real estate? I think the biggest one is the expenses. I mean, you have a mortgage to pay, you have property taxes, you have repairs, you know, that roof needs to be replaced, that air conditioner just went out. That can add up and it can eat away at the, the returns pretty quick. It's often not private unless you put in a trust and it's 100% taxable on the income that you're receiving on those rents in retirement. So it's it's an unpredictable place, but hey, you can live in it. That's right. Okay, good. Well, let's keep moving then. Uh, so the next one, Katrina, this is uh, one that your grandpa had some experience and exposure to. Why don't you tell us about the benefits of indexed and variable universal life? So it's it doesn't have a lot of heavy regulations. It's income tax free upon death. It has a death benefit. That's lovely. It's private. It bypasses probate and death. So those are all those are all good things. I got real confused with this one at first because I heard life in there, like life insurance. But there's but wait, there's more. Mark? Downsides on universal life. Yeah, there's uh, quite a bit of unpredictability, even when the market might be, you might be protected from the downside of the market. That doesn't mean the, the cash won't go down. If you have an aging body, there's going to be increasing expenses on universal and variable products. Not to mention there's, you know, an inefficient way to pull money out. As you're getting older, it's getting more expensive to insure you 
And so we're right back into the same problem of term insurance in that regard. As far as what's going on today, we have uh, quite a bit going on in the, the world of universal life. I was just speaking with someone yesterday and they said that they were caught up in one of the lawsuits from one of the major carrier insurance companies raising the cost of insurance on folks unbeknownst to them. And that's part of the class action lawsuits that we're seeing across the country on these products. All right. We have been business and partnership deals. Katrina, what what was the why should I get into business or do a K1 type of, you know, business partnership arrangement with folks? Those are two different questions, but similar. So, you know, when you build a business, you can really change the world the way you want to see it, you know, be. It's that that quote, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. Business is the way to do that these days in a lot of ways. So you can put your money in there. There's a lot of passive income possible. It's obviously flexible. You've got tax deferred growth and tax benefits possible in business. It's kind of exciting. The partnership side is a little more risky. You know, you're you're putting in a lump sum or something with with a partnership and hoping that they'll they'll kick off returns for you. So there's not really a lot of predictable financial results. It depends and relies upon the activity of operators and employees. So that's that's a real consideration. Yeah, right now, many people are starting small businesses, especially after COVID. They've lost their jobs or chosen to get out of the rat race and in institutional structures. And they're now saying, I'm going to start my own thing. So that's that's really exciting. Yeah, this is one of my favorites because guys, you can really invest in yourself when you're your own business owner. So we just have one more slide. Let's go ahead and jump to it. Bank on yourself type whole life insurance. As you guys know, this is uh, one of our favorite places to park cash. Why don't you start us off, Katrina? Yeah, you got guaranteed cash accumulation. And the word guaranteed is a big deal here because it's contractually guaranteed. You've got flexible contributions possible with certain products. And my favorite of many, but it's the liquidity piece. You can borrow against that cash value to fund all sorts of things, whether you need a down payment or to send your kid to college or to pay for a funeral or to buy a car. It's it's there. You just say, I need this much and here's where you send it. And then you you get the lump sum, you live your life, and then you pay it back when you're able. And when you get windfalls, you can put it back in these policies. It's phenomenal. There's some downsides, guys. As you know, you got to be a good saver. You got to be willing to set it out for the long haul. You can't be a jump in and jump out kind of mentality. If you're needing 30, 50% rate of return, uh, I've got some crypto to sell you. No, I don't really, but uh, you know what I mean. You can do that. And there are possible opportunities in all the assets that we've talked about together today. And you know the the biggest other gotcha, you might say, is that there's either going to be you know, an insurance on your life or on a buddy's life or a friend's life or a family member or business partner's life. So you got to get through the underwriting process. Now, what's happening today with, with Bank on Yourself? There are going to be some, I think, over time, some benefits to these higher interest rates that we're experiencing right now in this world. Many people are suffering and we don't like that under the weight of rising cost of milk and gas, but the benefits of life insurance get better as interest rates go up. Just look at what was going on in 1980 with whole life dividend rates. They're still continuing to hit all-time record highs. Every single client we work with just hit another all-time record high in their policy cash value yesterday, and they do it. did it again today. All right, and people using policy loans and paying them back, we, we were just talking in the, the networking and coffee networking experience before this day started, all the fun ways that people are using their policies. And I just want to say, as we wrap up, every other screen that we just went through, we just covered a lot of ground. And I realize your heads might be spinning, but realize that all the other 14 options that we said before bank on yourself, it's either your savings account or it's a 401k. It's either real estate or it's a brokerage account. But with bank on yourself, it's both and. 
Where is it written that we have to sit this money in a policy and never touch it again? I hope you don't. I hope you you can use the policy to invest in your business or invest in some real estate or even stocks or even, dare I say, crypto. So your choice, right? It's your cash. You do what you want with that money. It's a both and. And that becomes, to me, one of the best parts of the Bank on Yourself experience. Wow, lots of content, guys. Thank you again, Katrina, for bringing your A-game to that presentation. I know it it floored a lot of the people at the summit, and I know it was hopefully valuable for many of our listeners today. A couple of quick takeaways from me. You know, one of the big gotchas on certificates of deposit, CDs, bank CDs, is that they tax you every single year to not even touch the money. I just think that's ludicrous. Second, bonds can lose value. The big surprise of 2022 is that stocks could still go down with bonds, that bonds can go down at the same time as stocks. Everyone thought the traditional thinking is that stocks and bonds were inversely correlated, which just means one goes up and the other goes down. But in 2022, we learned that is a major financial myth that needs to be busted. Bonds can lose money when stocks are crashing. Third takeaway, term insurance for many people might seem like a waste of money, until you realize that sometimes term insurance can be converted. And in fact, if you do it the right way, it can be converted to a bank-on-yourself-designed whole life insurance policy. So if you want to learn more about that, you can go listen to episode 187. Finally, my last takeaway. The only real positive we could scratch together out of the qualified plan products like 401ks, IRAs, and that sort of thing is that they are a forced savings plan. I just thought that was so phenomenal that there's so many trillions of dollars going into these qualified plans. And the only real positive is that it's a forced savings plan. I mean, there was a wall of negative elements to 401ks, like they're riddled with fees, taxable in the future, and so much more. But the only thing we could think of that could add a positive light to an IRA or a 401k retirement plan is the fact that you're forced to put money into it when you have a job. I mean, couldn't we do the same without all the negatives? Like, what about a whole life policy? That's sort of a strategic and forced saving strategy that you impose on yourself without all the negatives. So those were my takeaways. What about you? Which of these financial tools that you heard about in today's episode were you surprised about? What was new? What's something new that you learned? Have you given thought to where your money lives, where it lives today? And and is it in alignment with your dreams and wishes? Is your money where it is and where it needs to be now, or is it like the prodigal son scattering itself to the four winds? I believe that when your money is exactly where it needs to be, it will be doing exactly what it needs to do, and that brings an incredible peace of mind and a financial confidence that comes to you when you put your money right where it needs to be. So that's it for today's episode. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast helping you think and live differently with your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join the financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.